The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question. And this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley, and today we are here with Yaro Starak. And you guys, wait till you hear his intro. I'm going to just brag on him for a minute before we dive in. So Yaro is the co-founder of InboxDone.com. I'm sure we're going to talk a little about that, but it's an email management company with a team of over 25. He's also made 30 plus angel investments in tech startups, has property investments, uh, a partnership where he built a 3.6 MW solar farm. I'm assuming that means megawatt, but I am not a solar farm person. He's going to clarify that for us. And if that wasn't enough during the mid 2000s, he built an online education business blog mastermind, selling over 2 million of his books and online courses as he traveled the world living in 26 different cities. He's also been featured in Sky News, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, Founder, Business Insider, and more. Yarrow, I think that's the longest I've ever allowed myself to go on an intro just to be like, I got to include this. I got to include this. I got to include this. So huge congrats to you. Hello and welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, Carrie, and thank you for reading the whole intro. It's uh, so many things there, and, and you know what it's so like, good. too many things to talk about. So Yeah, I love that, but honestly, I wanted to include it all because it sounds incredible, and it certainly is. I don't want to take away from that, but what I love about a really rich and varied and diverse intro like that is that it's not always... Um, you know, the shiniest of stories. I feel like there's some bumps and bruises and some lessons learned along the way that you'll be able to share with us. And that's what I really kind of want to pull from you as we go through. But I read, um, I shared with you, I was doing a little appropriate stalking before we chatted today and um, that your story started living in a caravan. And so if you can kind of take us way, way, way back there, how did you get to here? How did you go through all of that varied and diverse pathway to get to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I'm well, born and raised in, in Brisbane, Australia, uh, to Canadian parents. So um, I always had the Canadian-Australian connection. Um, the caravan story, you know, it's an interesting one. It's not like I was dead broke. You know, my mother and father, though separated, certainly provided for me. You know, <laughs> I had, had food on the table and you know, I went to school and so on. Um, Well-loved, no broken family sort of stories beyond, you know, pe- parents being separated. But um, a blended family. So uh, my mother and my father both went to other partners. I lived mostly with my mother my mother's new partner had two sons and eventually they came to live with us as well. And it's a, a simple solution to a problem that's very basic. There just weren't enough bedrooms in the house, um, could not afford to you know, move into a bigger house. Mm-hmm. So my mom and her new partner said, what if we just get a small caravan and stick it in the backyard? Uh, I was the oldest and I got the first option at I think about 12 years old uh, to potentially choose the caravan. Oh. At the time I thought, I get my own key. I have my own pad. Um, That's amazing. So of course I said, yes. Um, The irony of course is 
you know, I, I went through a growth spurt as I hit 13, 14, 15, 16, started hitting my head on the roof. It's extremely <laughs> hot in summer, which is most of the yeah. time in Australia. Um, very cramped, very noisy. Uh, honestly, not the, not the best bedroom. And, you know, as I especially got much older, you know, 17, 16, 17, 18, I was like, man, I, I don't want to, you know, this, this is embarrassing. I can't bring a, a girl yeah. back from school to the caravan. You know, it's not a good look. So <laughs> there were certainly a lot of moments lying back in that, in the bed there thinking, yeah. and I've got to be in control of my money so yeah. I can get my own place and, and do more than that. So probably the first initial sparks of all the things I've done since then as an entrepreneur certainly came from, from that situation. The motivation to be like, I, I got I to gotta figure out how to get the things that I want more quickly yeah and also just because you know my parents weren't exactly wealthy um like i said provided for us but i was like i want to be able to travel for as long as i want not have a nine to five job you know not not be a billionaire necessarily but certainly be control of my time mm. choose to buy the most expensive thing on the menu if i want to mm. so a lot of the entrepreneurial drive came from just a desire to change the circumstances and gain more freedom yeah, great. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of us, sometimes there can be like this shame around wanting money, but it doesn't mean we also don't want other things, but money is like a big part of it, especially in the early days to be like, I want to just be able to stand on my own two feet and make my own decisions. Uh, and so where did that all lead you? Did you just declare I will be an entrepreneur and off you went? <laughs> Um, you know, at 18, I don't think I had the confidence to declare anything, to be honest. <laughs> I was, you know, looking to just figure out how to live and, and you know, deal with social circumstances and all that. So and I went to university um, because most of my, well, not most, some of my friends went there, didn't want a job. I, I got a degree mostly as, a, I guess, a C student or whatever the equivalent would be. So I, I passed enough to get by. Um, luckily, though, the internet was going through its sort of 18 year old, you know, initial mm. growth spurt during that period too, the late 1990s. Um, I saw the dot com boom happen. I was given my first ever broadband connection because of my university enrollment, which frankly was the best thing I got out of university, if I'm being honest, was, was access to the internet. Uh, and then I saw the potential there. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to do something that would give me that financial freedom. And as far as I could tell, most people made money either as property investors, business owners, or some kind of inheritance, you know, like getting getting the lottery of who you're born into, really. Um, I didn't see a path for property as I had no capital and, and no potential credit. So entrepreneurship seemed like the path, no idea what kind of business, um, you know, back then I was thinking it could be physical things, you know, a, a cafe, a bookstore, who knows, right? But thankfully, the internet came along, and I was able to sort of build my first website. I saw the the first stories, the eBay, the Amazon, you know, these are the, the success stories that made it through the dot-com boom and then the bust. Um, so I built a, a website about a card game called Magic the Gathering, which I don't know if any of your, your listeners will be familiar with, but it's still Still going now, which, which blows my mind. I, I played as a teenager in university and high school. Um, it's kind of like a poker, but with dragons and elves, but quite serious. There's a, a tournament scene where you can make a full-time income if you're really, really, really good. Uh, today, it's all online, very you know digital. But back then, that was my predominant hobby. So it was the natural choice to build my first website about. And then I ended up launching a little e-commerce store from it, selling cards that I was winning, um, had my first ever advertisers, built a trading forum where people would come and buy and sell and trade cards 
you know, learning how to use basic web technology because of building all these different tools on this website, started writing. So it's kind of like the first time I learned about publishing content online. It was my real proving ground uh, for entrepreneurship online. Wasn't a huge success, made 500 to $1,000 while still studying, but massive um, growth experience for me and, and, you know, really gave me a taste of what you could do on the internet. But, you know, I know your show is very much about the, the mental challenges and the emotional challenges you go through. And I'll be completely honest, that time, especially from say 18 to 25, including the second business I had actually after my card game business, I, I eventually started an, an essay editing company. I call it my first real company. But all that period of time, I was really like struggling with ideas of, will I make enough money? This especially uh, became an issue after I graduated in about 2001, I think it was 2002. And my, my uh, friends who were in university graduated and you know, they were getting jobs that paid 40 to $50,000 a year as, as new, new career people getting into the, the workforce. And I had no desire to do that, but I certainly wasn't making enough money. So to compare myself to them, I'm like, am I making a mistake? That was my first comparison tool. And then I had a few entrepreneur friends that were starting to pop up as well. And whenever they started to succeed, like once they start making four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand a month, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing nearly as well as them either. So my comparisonitis was absolutely terrible in my early 20s. And I would often jump ship in terms of ideas because of that, because I feel like, well, this one's not working right now. I better do what my friend is doing or what this other person online is doing um, as a way to sort of hope I can find money. Like there's something I'm missing with what I'm doing now and maybe this other thing will work, which frankly was never the solution. Um, but there was a lot of self-doubt and the consequence of that was just, you know, lots of bad decisions. Yeah, and I, I think that takes us all the way through to adulthood, that comparisonitis, if that's mm. what we're calling it, if that's an actual term. Um, I think it's something, especially now with social media, especially with just like everybody's success kind of being blared in our face, there's a lot of oh, the, the, you know, there's no way I could ever get to there. And we're sharing our beginning beginnings are beginning of the journey with their midpoint or end right. of the journey and all of a sudden it's not even apples to apples they started right where you know everybody starts at the beginning at the start line um so yes yeah, so then you were struggling with all of that uh you obviously blew it to pieces somehow <laughs> survived is probably a, a better phrase <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to exactly. be honest yeah you're so right about the current situation with social media i think i would have been you know, like I was depressed and sort of, you know, a little all over the place with self-esteem back then, but today it'd be crazy because there's so much more, like just open up your Instagram or whatever your TikTok and it, it's the comparison that is to the extreme. So I'm so glad I'm not a teenager right now. I can tell yeah. you that. Um, but, you know, going forward with, with my own story, I, I don't know what happened. If it's a case of when you hit 25, you know, your frontal lobe is fully developed and you can start to think a little more rationally, you don't sort of jump around all over the place, make those kind of instant decisions. Um, I, I give some credit to that maybe, but a lot of credit to simply being in the game longer, mm -hmm. uh, realizing, especially with that essay editing company. So I started that when I was in my sort of second last year of university. Simple business, I connected uh, people who were great with academic writing, university professors, uh, PhD students, with international students who were coming with English as a second language. So they were struggling with academic writing. I built a website. 
and I connected those two with uh, basically an editing service for essays and thesis. My job was the marketing and, and running like a, a technology business, basically. And although it wasn't like a rapid growth business, never got really huge, I did notice incremental improvements over time. And that was kind of validating the, the mindset growth that I was going through because I was reading certain books as well. Mm -hmm. So books were huge for me back then. Things like uh, the obvious ones, maybe like Richard Branson, Losing My Virginity, telling his like story, first part of his uh, entrepreneurial career. Some of them were mindset ones, um, E-Myth, uh, Richest Man in Babylon, Think and Grow Rich, all the classics that people know about. And then just a lot of books about other startups. So I, I really love biographies of tech startup companies, not even tech companies. I read like the bio of I like chocolate. So I read the story of Cadbury's, of Hershey's. Um, I read, you know, obviously the tech ones, the, the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks, and so on as time went by. And then a lot of small stories too, like, you know, the, the, the mother who started a, a blog content site for other mothers and how that turned into like a, a full-time income for her. And there was like a collection of stories like that. So all of that was kind of reinforcing the same messages, which you probably heard on your own podcast over and over again, this idea that, you know, you find something that works, you stick to it long enough, you, you kind of iterate, uh, you fail, but you fail fast, you get a bit better, you, you build on your past experiences, simple things, you get repeat customers for the first time, because you've been in it long enough to get repeat customers, your marketing has had enough time to reach enough people that you start to get more of them. So, you know, my essay editing company became a full time income by the time I was 25. So probably in its third year of, of running it, maybe fourth. And, you know, that was good for the self-esteem. Although I was jumping around, it did be, it became the company I focused on long enough to, to make it a, a real success. Um, I did end up selling that business if we fast forward two years later and I got into blogging and podcasting and, you know, what we're doing now a lot, but it was such a fulfilling experience to make something, become a full-time income, eventually sell it, go through the whole cycle of from start to finish, building something. I felt like I achieved something, you know, on my own as well. It wasn't like yeah. uh, no partners um, yeah. at the school of hard knocks, basically, you know, yeah. like the, so that, that was, that was a big part of gaining the self-esteem and the confidence to do, I guess, everything that came after that as well. Yeah. I love that. I think the, the realization of the ability just to create something out of nowhere, because I think before that we're kind of indoctrinated with, well, you go to school and you get a job and you kind of find your way into the system. You, you know, pick your lane and then you off you go. But the first time you create something out of an idea that just popped up in your own head and then there's real value exchange and money comes in. I think that that's a big kind of turning point for a lot of people to be like, well, wait a minute, I can, I can just make this, everyone's just making it up. I, maybe I can do that too. And then to actually make money and then to be just you on your own with your ideas, it's quite a remarkable moment. No, it really is like the greatest promise. I think uh, this hope that that could be something you could do. Yeah. I know I, I felt that, like, I remember looking at other entrepreneurs going, I could make the kind of money that no one around me has ever made. I would be doing something I potentially even enjoy, like tapping into something creatively that, that I'm passionate about. Um, I could have a team potentially as well. So it won't be as lonely as it is at the start. You know, all those things were yeah, potentially in the yeah. future. Um, but 
on the flip side of that, it's kind of like the dark side of the coin. You know, you, you just don't believe it's possible for you until one day you actually get there. And that's yeah. hard when you haven't seen the, the fruits of it. Yeah, that's such a good point is you until you've gotten there, you can't really ever believe that you yeah. will. It's like, how do you get the confidence to believe in something until you've actually done the thing that requires confidence? To yeah, the irony. Yeah, catch 22. Yeah, catch 22. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so when you started your online coaching and your book, and all of that was that basically saying hey here's everything that I learned throughout this journey the kind of entrepreneur I had to become and what what was that how did that shift happen yeah I mean yes uh, certainly over the long term it did become let's let's brain dump every skill I've got and put yeah. it into courses and ebooks and, and blog content but I'll be honest the, the starting phase of that was still this sort of I'm not sure where I'm going um, I started a blog as a marketing experiment for the essay editing company, you know, it wasn't meant to be anything more than that. Um, did not like writing about essay editing advice, not my strong point, loved writing about running a business and entrepreneurship and ideas and what I was doing behind the scenes with my companies. So I actually started a second blog, which became my real blog, it was called entrepreneurs journey originally. Um, and I just started sharing those stories, like you said, and, and to me, it was more surprising that an audience showed up, you know, I was still like, you know, very, I'd say early days, even though I'd spent seven years as an entrepreneur by then, I still felt that sense of, wow, this is working, you know, people are showing up and reading my stuff. So, you know, that then opened my eyes to the potential. And I, I this was an amazing period of my life, I just dove into information marketing. So having an email newsletter, um, what's a sales funnel? Uh, how do I take payments online digitally through all these different platforms? You know, I'd done some of that with those early companies, but this time, it was next level, it was really powerful email marketing having an audience, like suddenly I was, I don't like using the word influencer, but that's, I guess what I was a micro influencer in a space. Um, and, and that then turned into the opportunity to sell digital products and teach. And I was not ever in my wildest dreams, considering myself as a coach or a writer, when I was thinking about being an entrepreneur, those two things were not even on the radar. So to switch and build a business around me and my content was, uh, wonderful but also surprising and and then it became my longest business i had i still have that business today i still do teaching and coaching i still sell information products um and it's been the most lucrative so far anyway in terms of you know raw sales uh, two million dollars worth of sales of my products obviously that's a 15-year journey so you know there's a lot of ups and downs but um it's probably the most satisfying business especially in the sense that it's your own content, but you're also helping people and you get to sit in cafes around the world and write, which I think is like, for me, was always one of the dreams. So to actually live that life was really amazing. Yeah, amazing. I'm always, um, you know, blown away by the twists and the turns of from beginning, you've got such a great like from beginning to obviously not end, but to where we are now story because each piece was actually required, even though you're just being pleasantly surprised by the next thing and the next thing. But even just in university, the internet becoming a thing that you became interested in, and you just used a card game that you played personally, but then it, it, each piece is connected and connected and connected to get even to where we are now, which we'll get to now. But I love that you don't have to know the whole picture. You don't really even have to know like the middle of the picture. You just have to be like, okay, what am I going to do with the skills I've got right now and something that I'm interested in or that I see a need for? Oftentimes we can get caught up with like, where's my, my million dollar idea or mm. what's the end goal? But maybe just take a few steps. If that vision isn't there for you right now, just take a few steps because 
the first step could be a poker dragon and elks game. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't well mean you're now like sentenced to poker and dragons and elves for the rest of your life, but you're going to form ideas and gain skills. And then you can turn that into something else, into something else, into something else. And I think you've just been a great demonstration of that throughout your entire career so far. Yeah, and I think it's really important to highlight the phases within that, which you're sort of getting to there where there's the I need to survive money phase, mm -hmm. which a lot of people kind of spend a lot of time in. Um, thankfully, I was able to progress beyond that. And I, I do remember when I think when I sold about a million dollars worth of everything from essay editing to card game to my own teaching products, and I felt more comfortable financially, then I was like, well, this is a new phase. It's like, I still want to be an entrepreneur, but I can choose businesses with a different set of goals, you know, maybe bigger numbers, different business models, um, you know, new opportunities. You've by then made a lot of different connections. So all kinds of networking opportunities come up to create partnerships and things like that. So, uh, and it's a wonderful place to be because you're not stressed by this. I need to make enough money to survive. What do I really want from life now? And that's, that's, yeah. I wish everyone could get to that place to make that decision yeah. without yeah. the stress and the pressure. Yeah. And I feel like what's so important, though, is like most of us go through that first phase. Many uh, stories of entrepreneurs I hear are just looking to be able to kind of like, tr like transport themselves to that second, more kind of confident, more comfortable, uh, you know, phase where you've got the financial freedom and the networks, but you kind of have to walk over the coals a little bit in order to build and develop that. And so, you know, we talked briefly about this, but one of the big reasons I even started the show was to be like, no, we all kind of have to go over those coals and, you know, toughen the soles of our feet a little, and then we can get here. And it doesn't mean if you're in that window that you're not cut up for this, or you're not meant for this, or or you're never going to make it and you should, you know, go back to your uh, desk job if that's not what you want to be doing. Yeah. This is this is part of the road. This is the first start of the road and we all walked over it. It's hard to avoid. And for some people, yeah. it's one year and others, it's 10, yeah. but it, it's, it's there to walk. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now what, like, so where did we get to here? What is it that you're doing with all of the wealth of experience? You've had tech startups, you've had property investment. You've obviously gone from like career to career to career. You've just looked for opportunities and like thrown yourself into them. Where did you land? Like what's going on now? Well, it is funny. Like it's almost like a third phase, I guess. And I remember thinking about the e-myth when it talked about, you know, the technician yeah. the person working in the business and the manager, which is kind of managing the people. And then there was the owner, which owns the company in the final phase, which I think was kind of the exact word. It might've been investor director or something like that, but it means you, you sit at the very top owning potentially multiple businesses, multiple investments and so on. So I found myself naturally progressing, progressing to there. I think part of that's because you, you have more resources. So you can take some capital and, and you can invest in someone else's idea as an angel investor, for example, um, or property, if you want to secure your future, that's kind of the way I look at property investment diversification. Um, but I still get the most joy from starting new projects, of course. So uh, for me right now, my, my main kind of focus business is what you said, the very start inboxdone.com, which is, uh, it's kind of funny. It's, it's my 
essay editing business in business model, but now we provide email assistance. So we're basically stepping in. Uh, someone like yourself, Carrie, you might be a successful entrepreneur, but you're spending two hours in the morning, four hours in the evening processing your email. We just give a highly trained specialist email assistant to a person or two or three uh, assistants, and they go in there, reply and manage email, uh, often do other things, scheduling, uh, following up with leads, that kind of thing, but basically taking you out of the inbox or out of all the inboxes you might be in. And that that's a company that um, I actually wanted to build like over a decade ago, because I went through the experience myself of handing over email all the way back the first time with my essay editing company. And then I could never go back. It's like once you fly first class, once you stop doing your own email, it's hard to go back and do your own email. So I always had an assistant or two or three managing all customer service, managing all my email. So finally, uh, about four or five years ago, one of my email assistants, her name is Claire, she had really good leadership qualities. So I said to her, listen, it's, it's really now is a great time, I think, to do this. Let's see if we can roll this out as a company provide the service to others so we did we we dived in i won't tell the whole stories but basically we we built a business together she was the the first email assistant and then now we've got a you know a team of actually about 30 at the moment and i've been growing ever ever since and, and you know it's a great thing to sell because i'm basically giving people free more time back in their life mm -hmm. you know break people free from email um, but that's just you know one thing that's still running now that's what actually i think is amazing about this phase of an entrepreneur's career is you can seem like you're doing so many more things because you own ownership in lots of things, but you're actually in many ways working far less than you were when you had just one project you were trying to get off the ground. Because now you've got resources, you've got a team, you've got partners, you've got investments, you've got alternative sources of cash flow, you've got the mental freedom to not feel like if this business doesn't make a certain amount of money this month, I can't pay my rent, you know? Yeah. So it's a very different place to be, a, a great place to be, frankly. Um, and if I want to start a new company, the potential is always there. And it's not like I need that company to, to work in order to survive. Um, but as you can tell, it's, you know, been a 20 plus year journey to get to that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And a, and a great one at that. And I'm grateful that we found each other because I think there's so much um, inspiration in there that it can look you know, a hundred different ways. Like your journey could have taken 10 other twists and turns. And I bet you still would have ended up with the level of success that you have here because it wasn't necessarily the thing that you chose that had you get to the end of your pathway. It was just who you were about it and like solving problems and just looking for opportunities with whatever you had, just playing with the cards that were in front of you. Yeah, you know, it's such a good point too. Like even today, um, there's a new business I'm looking to start. And really the main reason is just access to the right people who can help me start it. Um, you know, I could start something completely brand new from scratch, but now it's like, well, this is a resource that I can tap into. Let's start this business, see if it works. And, and, and that's the sort of, um, like, like you said at the beginning, it's like the mentality that once you've built one thing like mm -hmm. the for me all the way back it was the essay editing company 100 myself built it basically from scratch did all the work learned everything like that's the learning period yeah. but once you get past that you're like okay now i understand the structure of how to make money from an internet business a website now i can look to bring in the people who might be able to help me do things quicker uh, maybe take away the parts that I'm not good at or I don't enjoy. I can delegate, I can build a team. And, and that's something that you may not even think about until you get past your sort of training wheels business in, in some ways. Yeah, cool. Very, very cool. And, you know, I think the rest of us can just be grateful that some of those business you've chosen to 
set up like uh, inboxdone.com to give us a little more freedom. I know I'm like right at that window, just my journal, my journey personally, where I've tried to hand off a couple of times and they, like I've, I've yet to just like completely let okay. the reins go. And so it's been back and forth. And are you doing uh, your own email, Carrie? Yeah, still... I am. Okay. Well, I have, I have a couple of VAs and like there's bits and pieces and whenever I let go too much, it just seems, I'm sure, I don't know what the transition is like, but it it's, you know, it would just for me personally feel a little, uh, a, a little shaky, but it was never with an email management expert. So it wasn't right. someone just with that role coming in. It was just more of a kind of um, a, a helper outer general in VA. all areas. Yep. Yeah, very generalist. And so, um, you know, I, but I, yeah, I will definitely be um, digging a little deeper into this because we're yeah. right there. Uh, so <laughs> how do I find out more about all of that? I guess I go to inboxdone.com if I was a smart person. Yeah, for the email side, yeah, and book a discovery call. You get to speak to me. I do I do all this discovery oh, calls. Wow. Um, and just my blog, if you want to see uh, like the stocking that you did carry, <laughs> it's just uh, yarrow.blog, Y-A-R-O.blog. .blog, okay, cool. So for everyone listening, all of that will go into the show notes uh, and I'll pop links in there as well. Uh, Yarrow, thanks so much. Is there anything you want to share with us before I let you go? Anywhere you want to point us before I, I let you go? I'm so grateful for all the wisdom. No, I, I'm, I'm happy to help. So if anyone, you know, I actually have a podcast too. If there's any questions you want to ask, ask I, myself or my team, happy to answer. So you'll find uh, all the contact details on my blog as well. And Thank you for letting me share some of the story. And I, I think I like to always end with the most important point is just to keep going. I think for me, um, there was a lot of times where it felt like I was lost as long as I kept going, even if it was like waking up and doing the dishes, that yeah. was enough to feel like I was making some kind of progress during my day. So, you know, just keep going even when you're feeling down. Oh, I love that final little nugget of just, even if it's just a small thing. It's just enough to be like, okay, I took an action and it doesn't have to be one that brought in thousands of dollars or that got you the new client or that did the thing. It's just get up and brush your teeth sometimes yes, and then be exactly. like, okay, I did something. Like I said, I was going to do something and I did. And you can just get a little bit of more oxygen, a, oh, yeah. little, a little bit bigger for yourself. It is crazy how many times doing the dishes has led to four hours of productive work on my yes. business. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't know? agree more. I couldn't agree yeah. more. Oh, so yeah. great. Yaro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm so grateful. Everyone listening at home, like I said, check out the show notes. Everything is in there. Uh, and yeah, I look forward to staying in touch. Yaro. Thanks, Gary. It's been an absolute pleasure for everyone listening at home. Until next week, my friends, choose unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.